It was the rematch that nobody wanted, which became the rematch nobody could take their eyes off. And I'm not talking about Jake Paul and Tyrone Woodley. This is After the Bell Mirror Fighters Boxing Show with me, Martin Dommen, with Barry Jones and with Declan Taylor. I am, of course, talking about Derek Chisora and Joseph Parker, who renewed their rivalry in Manchester on Saturday night. It went 12 rounds somehow. Joseph Parker won. We'll come to that in a moment. But actually, I want to speak about Derek Chisora first. We have this conversation, I think, every time he fights. But I just don't know how he keeps doing it. He was down, well, he was counted, I think, a couple of times. Actually down just once, I think. Kept up by the ropes a couple of times. Took a battening at times. Somehow got through the 12 rounds. On, On one hand, I want to say incredible, amazing. But again, we're left just thinking, what kind of toll is this taking on him? Yeah, well, you would see. Now we're now we're all a little bit more aware of, of, of issues with, with longevity of, of, of careers. Then you tend to think, what's gonna, what's he going to be like in when he's my age, you know, thirty-one? And he's actually he's to be fair, I know I'm an old man, but he's not far off my age now, probably. But well, how's he going to be? And and you worry about because the, the older you get, everything slows down. But with boxing and taking a lot of punches, it all, all that deterioration increases. It 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 has a faster process. So you worry how he's going to be. Uh, that's for sure. But you know, if we were that conscious and <laughs> if we had that with empathy, we wouldn't watch boxing at all. Let's be honest. It, so let's let's take it for what it was, and it was a fantastic fight. Again, another the, the third rematch this year that we didn't know no one wanted to see. They sold it to us like they sold the other two, the Fury Wilder three and the Arthur Yard two fights. These are fights we were, we've been clamouring for, and they weren't. But we're so glad we saw them all. And and, and last night again, you know, was just epitomises what Derek is always about. Technically flawed, massively technically flawed. But he has that innate toughness that you just can just factor into anything. How we can just keep there's there's very few fighters, especially in this era. And for, for a long time that can take punches that really hurt them I mean hurt them to a point where they could go down but yet continue to come forward they don't know his his first point of call is not to protect himself it's to fire back it's to, it's to try and hurt you back hit you back and that is something that's got him to where he is and yet he's, he's an enigma he's <laughs> We know him for his losses, not for his wins, and that's the truth. He's had some good wins, but all the good fights, and he's been in some fantastic. He's been in some, he's been in some stinkers, by the way. And I, I covered his early career, so I know I covered most of the, the boring fights that he's had. And I mean, when I say boring fights, I mean you know you work in commentary, and you want to walk and go home. That's how bad they've been. Some of them, they've been awful. But then, typical Chisora style. There's no middle ground with Chisora. He's either fantastic to watch. Or horrible to watch. And last night it, it, it was fantastic. It really was. And Parker was a lot better. But you've got to give Chisora the credit for making the fight because he got hit so many times, so hard, so often, but yet just kept coming forward. And I don't know how he does it. But but it'd be better now next year. But if not, you know, I think 2030 will be his year. <laughs> we we do we do always look back, Declan. We look at this sort of whatever chapter he's on in, in his career. And we do admire his renaissance, if you like, not only in the ring, but also suddenly as this fan's favourite, you know, who 
wasn't particularly liked early in his career, often because of the fights he was in, but now he's loved wherever he goes, and it's great. But you look at the fights he's been in, the two with Dillian White, the fight with Carlos Takam, okay, he won it, but it was tough. Usyk, Parker, Parker again. And last night, it was, you know, he, he would be well down in a round, being badly beaten in a round, but he wouldn't just recover. He would he'd come back and finish the round on top at the end. And as I said, it is a great spectacle, and we do appreciate it, and I'm sure everybody there appreciated it. But you just want somebody, do you not, to just say, Derek, you, you're not doing this for us. We don't want you to keep putting yourself on the line every time. It's time to just think about this for a minute. Yeah, but there's a big problem with that, and that is Derek Chisora will answer to nobody ever. There's nobody, even his family, there's nobody who's going to put an arm around him and say to him, this, enough's enough. Even like his old dear, I don't think, you know, she's very close to her, I don't think they'll, you know, her saying enough's enough would say. But to be honest, it's weird with him because you would think if he if he was in a position where he was shot to bits, some of the shots that he got hit with last night and like the uppercut that dropped him, he, there would be no getting up from that. Do you know what I mean by that? You know, we've seen fighters come in and they get hit and it's like they've made a glass and then, right, that's over, they're done now. That was one of the, like, like Barry said there, that was probably the most he's been hit in a fight ever. I can't think of another fight like the Takam one was pretty heavy early on, but it didn't go on for 12 rounds. Like the Fury rematch, he got peppered, but not, and they got pulled out of that. So it wasn't 12 rounds. That was just hellacious. It's almost like he get he somehow gets tougher. Um, I don't know what it says about Parker's power, but what it does say about Chisora's chin and resilience, he's made of something else, isn't he? And that renaissance you talk about, Martin, like Barry will know from those early Box Nation shows, he couldn't sell a ticket. He couldn't sell a ticket. Who, who wanted to watch him? There'd be no one there. I remember when he boxed Edmund Gerber for the for the European title, I think it was, at the Copper Box. So there's no one. Yeah. I remember covering it. No one there. And it's like, now he's this cult figure. And it does say something about what people like in underdogs and people like madness. Actually, I think he's clearly a little bit mad. I've covered him for years as well, obviously, because he's in London and me being based in London as well. And you never know what you're going to get in an interview with him. You never know if he's going to try and like kick you out of the gym. You never know whether he's going to give you an hour of his time. You never know. He's so unpredictable. And I watched a clip the other day of the presser. Remember the presser, the pro Gray Taylor one, where he's saying that he's not fighting unless he's top of the bill. And it was just that is just one tiny little thing that he's given us over the last I don't know, 10 years of madness. It's, there's not another story like it in British boxing. This. I don't know. I know what you're saying, and I know it seems everyone there's a pile on today and last night that they know it's enough. Enough's enough. He's he's doing it too much, and but I don't think anyone could tell him otherwise. And he tweeted last night. I don't know if you saw, but he said, "I'll be back in the summer, bitch." And it's like he doesn't care. He doesn't care what anyone says, and he will be back. And you know what? People will watch it again. People will watch him against. He's still he's still a draw, and he's still an attractive name to have on your record for probably 10 heavyweights out there would it would, it would benefit them from what fighting directors are in the summer he, he doesn't to be honest he's had a resurgence in his career and it's been fantastic I, mm. i've never been a fan of his style because it's crude it's just you, that's all you, it. you never you never seem to mention that one what's that you never mentioned that yeah <laughs> <laughs> well i know it's an exclusive but, <laughs> I, but, no, but it, there's not a lot 
to like about him except how brave and tough he is, which is which is plenty to like. But yeah, but you know, where does it end? Like, and but I just feel that now he's in the Indian, he's having a, a fantastically Indian summer that's dragged on longer than his actual you know career itself. It, the money's earning now. How can he say no? I can understand it. No, there's never too much money. I, th- I I don't I think I, I don't think there's never enough you can earn, especially for boxers, because most boxers come from from nothing, of course. So you know, the more they get, the more they want, and they want to continue to do it. And all this is a short career. I don't think that applies to people who are earning millions anymore, because they've earned millions. But he wants to top it up and keep topping it up. So if someone offers him a million pound now, like he's not a top tier heavyweight, and he never really has been a top tier heavyweight. He's always been a guy who can give a top tier heavyweight a bit of trouble, but never really beat one. And I don't really see Joseph Parker as a top tier heavy either, to be fair. He's just a level below, or maybe another level below that. But he was better on Saturday night as well, I thought. And, and I think that was the difference with the with how the fight went. He was a lot better, sharper, stronger, you know, pretty much better in every department, I think. And he wasn't so tentative. He knew Chisora was going to be on his chest. He knew Chisora was going to be tough and hard, which he obviously always going to be. But now he'd been in there with him. Knowing what something's going to be like, but actually experiencing it are two different things. Once you experience it, then you definitely know what you have to do to make the adjustments, and he did. And that, and he was a, no, he was a clear winner for me. There was only one, there was only one fight in the, in the race. It's weird with Chisora because you know, he wasn't in the races at all on the scorecards in my mind, but always in the fight because of the way he is and how he's adapted and learned. You know, the way he sits, the way he walks himself to a corner when it's it's quite clever and silly in, in in equal measure he walks himself to the corner that looks like a, a mission of surrender by the way so the referee you could blame the referee at some point going no this is enough because he's almost walking away but his legs are unsteady and he's a big limp so he puts himself in the corner so he can sit on the middle of the rope and turn his body away so it's not obviously turning his body away because he's in the corner where if he sat square on the rope and he turns his body away it looks like he's turning his back so he sits in the corner and then puts his butt, his shoulder on the corner, so he, is, he only gives you one side, quite clever, and he sits on the back row to keep his legs steady. Fantastic, really. So like, I think I've seen it before, like like, like years and years ago, someone do that. And I, I was trying to think like this morning who it was, and I can for the life of me, without scrolling through YouTube. But I remember another big heavyweight from from many years ago, before YouTube were born. You know, it was they would sit down, they would do that sort of sit and use the use the corner of the ropes, you know, to keep them steady. And I kept him in the fight for a few times because you no, know, he was there was a more than once where he was you know, really looking to go. He was he was out of it, and, and Parker just needed to have a sustained attack of quality, and he couldn't quite do that. But, but it was you know, thanks to Jazora again, it, like as in all his defeats, there were good fights. He made it the exciting fight it was. I think what you just described there is Jazora is maybe the number one at maximizing what he's got. Like the raw materials, the amount of money he's made from what he's what he had and what he's in terms of ability and talent and um, all of those sorts of things, you put it all in all together and and then put, by how many big fights he's had and how much money he's now making, there's no one like it. There's no one who's done it like him. And he's such a good businessman like like that. And you would think he wouldn't be. You'd think it's because he's quite out there and eccentric and stuff. You might think that sort that side, but no, he's always been watertight on it and you've you have to admire it you have to admire it and he's a poker player because he'll sit 
I you no, know, I mean the way his life is because he'll say to someone like Eddie Hearn, "No, if he, I want this amount," and he'll no, I'm not fighting yeah. it, and he'll 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 like stare you out, won't he, for it? Or he'll wait you out, and you know, most boxers will go, "Oh, come on," and they go, "That's what's in the pot, mate. You take them, and you don't," and, and they're like, "Oh." Let me get back to you, and 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 the promoter knows the fighter's going to take their money almost every time, unless he's a superstar. But Tajora's not the superstar; he's not the A side in most of these fights. Even though he's a big draw, obviously for pay per view, but he's happy to wait you out. He's that he's that sort of he's so unhinged that he would, he would risk a million or two million, whatever he gets paid, three million, whatever. Who knows what he gets paid? You know, millions of pounds just to get his own way, and that's you know. How do you deal with something like that? You, you end up giving in, don't you? Because that's he's uh, whether you like him, whether you think he's good or whatever, whether he's the best, and he's nowhere near the best heavyweight in the world, but he's one of the most marketable, and that's just a just you no. Know, maybe what's wrong with the sport? Maybe you know, but that's what it is. And he's and to be fair to him, he's created that himself. No one's done it for him. No, he was he was put in as the opponent when when he left sort of the the Warren sort of camp. Really, he went over to the Hearn camp. He was really an opponent for Hearn's heavyweight, and rightly so. A tough guy who loses on the biggest fights. So you know, if you're good, you're going to make it. You'll beat. You'll get. You'll, you'll beat him, but it'll be a good fight. And he's carved his. He he's carved a, a, another career for himself by doing that and beating some good prospects and good people on the way up. And but losing, but losing in exciting fights most of the time. We'll come back to what what Derek might indeed do next. But Declan, I guess if anybody, if the fight was going to be different to the first fight, it was probably up to Joseph Parker to do something about that. Were you impressed with with what he's presumably developed in the seven months since since that first fight with Andy Lee? I was very impressed with with Parker last night. I thought he's always had that speed. He's always had hand speed, but sometimes not a lot on it. He's not the biggest heavyweight in the world, but I think he's starting to. There was more on every punch and he's starting to be a bit more economical with them. I thought Andy Lee's work in the corner was really good as well. Really good instruction, told him exactly what he needed to hear and really clear, like, tactical things that, that he needed to hear and he went out and did him. Um, I think, yeah, and I think he's only going to get better. Like you say, what was it, seven months? So he hasn't had that much time with, with Andy Lee and I think it was a clear improvement. Barry said it earlier, it was obvious that he was so much better than he was in the first fight, whether Chisora's sort of dipped as well. But it was clear that that had happened in that in, in last night's fight, that, that Parker's gone up and, and Chisora hasn't. Um, I thought, yeah, I thought it was one of his best performances, actually, Parker. And um, I'm with you, Barry. I don't, you don't see him troubling the top-tier guys anymore. Like, when he won his world title, it was kind of a strange situation with the WBO. He, wouldn't, he would never have beaten Klitschko for it, for instance, or, or Fury. Um, but I think he's got some exciting fights in him and I think he's improving in the areas where, like, he had some obvious shortcomings as a heavyweight and I think Andy Lee's clearly working on him and uh, last night was the fruits of that. And, um, yeah, I think he's... I was sort of losing the... Because there was a time when he was a real exciting heavyweight for me, very young, and obviously he was over there and he'd beaten everyone, beat Andy Ruiz or whatever. And then he sort of... He sort of stagnated a bit, as far as I could tell. But I feel, I feel like he's back, he's back again on the rise. And I think, I still think he's nowhere near the finished article, which is always good. I, I would say that. I think there's no. The good thing about him is a scope for improvement. So there's loads to work on. I think he can get better. And you know, and that was, you know, that was a physically tough fight, but not, you no, know, he didn't have to. 
so you have to dig deep. You didn't know it was no there was no panic in that fight for him at any yeah. stage, really. You know, it was physically tough. There was no real like, oh, I don't know what to do here, or I got hurt, or no, no it's, it's a, it wasn't a war attrition for him, it was for Derek. And again, the jab is it as a heavyweight, the jab is so important. And, and no, no, you want a fast, fluid jab if you've got one, like a, like a fury, or if you don't, then you want a solid left hand and not quite um, Lennox Lewis type because he had both, but you, know, you want to step behind him, get get used to weight. And he, and he did that, and I think that was the difference. And then because he was doing that, Derek was going low. And that's where that uppercut was coming through, and quite yeah. effectively. So they obviously, you know, they're forcing Derek to go lower than he wants to go. You know, going low is always a good idea for, for the shorter fighter. But they were forcing Derek to get a little bit lower, and knowing Derek throws from too far out, gives you the scope to throw that jab, and then turn, get a proper turn from your hips and your shoulders to make that uppercut a little bit longer or a little bit faster because you get that little bit of a, a little bit of a like the short uh, fast twitch fibers when you turn. And you would be able to cut through the middle. And that's what worked for him quite a lot. Well, that was his best punch of it, I felt, to be honest. That's the shot that Derek couldn't defend the gate. So when it hit him, he was visibly hurt from that. Seems remarkable to be talking about scorecards after a fight like that. But, you know, two, four and five rounds to Parker, which means that one judge presumably thought Chisora won the fight if you take out and actually, it wasn't. It wasn't. That, that uh, one, it was very that, close on the other ones. It's strange. That card is maybe the maybe the worst of of the last few years. That is. Absolutely. Oh, man. you should. We've had some great. We've had some fantastic scorecards. Are you sure? <laughs> that one was absolutely crazy. Like, I rewatched the fight this morning. Like, you could make it ten two. Like it's yeah. it was not it was not even like not even remotely close and like what you always say, Barry. It doesn't mean that the fight's not competitive, but there is it was not even a hard fight to score either. It wasn't even like there were swing rounds in there. It was so obvious, and you just think how nobody cares this more. Actually, people do care, but because the right man won, and like yeah, it's fine. It was it, it was a unanimous decision, but it just. It's just such a bad look for everyone. Luckily, a lot of people who don't really understand boxing might have just watched that last night wouldn't really understand the problem there. But we do. We do. And that's a, it was a bad one. One of the worst. But the worry is, you know, we talk about when Chisora when, when is going to say enough is enough. You look back at that. He you will. Look back, and you look back and you look back. You know, some people look back. I look back and I'd be just be critical of myself massively. But he'll look back probably and go, I did this well, look at that, oh, that was good. If I would have done this, no, everything would be positive spin. But then he'll, he'll listen to the scorecards and go, or even just hear the scorecards, because he goes back to the to the changing room and go, oh, if I didn't get knocked down, I would have won that fight. And then why wouldn't you keep on? All of a sudden, you didn't get hammered like we thought, you know, and just show immense toughness to get through it. You were in the fight and winning, but just you just got caught with three good shots. And one of them, you'll go, that wasn't really a knockdown. The, uh, the one, against, one against the ropes was a clear that kept you up. The other one kept him up as well. But he could argue that, no, I just fell back and I was going to be okay. You know, and all that. So you go, I really got knocked down once. So those two shouldn't have been knocked downs. And he'll, you'll, listen, boxing, boxers, we're the biggest liars on the planet. We lie about weight, money, you know, are we are conditioning? Are we, we, and you have to convince yourself you know, to, to get in there and, do, and to come from where you come from to be a world champion. You're constantly lying to yourself all the time to give yourself that self-confidence, which produces real confidence. I might be babbling here, but you know I love a babble. But 
look, look, he'll lie to himself that he was that he was in the fight, that he was winning the fight, and then why wouldn't he carry on after that? He did it with the Usyk fight. A couple of people thought yeah. he, he got totally schooled. Most of us thought, but you know the narrative was that he got robbed, and you know so why wouldn't he want to carry on? That should have been the end of his career there, really, in many ways. You know, this is it. This is, this is the end of you now because you're not your earning potential is going right down the down the pan now. That's what it would have been for the, for the other fighters. But no, they just put a narrative that he got robbed, that he got ripped off, and he stuck to it. And his, his friends and people around him who were influential in the media and so on, you know, and, or, or certainly on broadcast, they they went on about you know he, he was he got robbed or it was very. Or then they changed their mind. He was very close, and it wasn't. And they'll, they'll, that might happen for this fight as well, where you know we'll see a third one now because you know, Derek won the fight and, and he got harshly judged with two knockdowns that weren't real knockdowns, but they were. If the ropes keep you up, that's a knockdown. Because without the ropes, you go flying through on the floor, and that's that's and everybody knows that. But it shouldn't take away from the enjoyment of the fight. You know, the right man won, and the, the scores weren't great, but the right man won, and it was a good fight to watch. And you know. Let's not worry about about that. I think we all get it. We're we're all looking for issues and problems. I think that's 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 that that is the the issue and the problem, and we're looking for them. And I just think it was a great fight to watch. Let's just enjoy it for what it was. But this is the last time we'll see Derek until next time. <laughs> it's difficult for Joseph Parker given the the situation with the belts. There was some talk of of a final eliminator with Philip Hergovich. I, I guess it depends what he wants to do, but should. Uh, Dylan White lose to Tyson Fury next year. That seems to be a rematch that could feasibly be. It's easy. another one. It's another one, isn't it? It's that the zone, you know, went on about game change and stuff, and it's it's not because it's like that. We had that fight before. Like we're gonna get that if we get Parker White. It's literally just like what did we used to do? Let's can we get it? But uh, I think that's a good fight. Um, I don't see if they make the White Fury fight. I don't see. White having any chance of winning that in a month Sunday, so he'll be that part of Parker fight is a, is a good sort of comeback from that. Uh, Hergovic is great, like the, these are named the problem at heavyweight is that he's sort of been there already, and like now you've got established champions who are really good, and then you've got young guys who are coming through like Hergovic, and, and you just think if he can beat a Hergovic, then that's a real statement. But you almost feel like, what's in it for him? What's in it for him? Going and getting beaten by Hergovich or even fighting him. But um, yeah, I think he'll still make money, but you just know they're going to do the white fight, don't you? You just know it. But that's, but that's all it is, though. They're just money-making exercises. And I yeah. think it doesn't... It stagnates the sport, like, because all these rematches and rematches against these fighters who have been wrong for a long time and, and are earning good money. And I don't regret that at all. Brilliant. Fantastic. But then out of the fighters, Joe Joyce has been sitting yeah. on, the, on, the, on the sidelines for ages. Well, there's a fight for Parker, Joe Joyce. Because yeah. that puts him right in the rankings again, by the way. No, Hergovic and Vidalian White, Joe Joyce, Hergovic, Jared Anderson, all these guys, no, no, they might be a little bit not ready yet, but he chucked these fighters in. Because like, if, if, if Dillian White does do the Tyson Fury, then he becomes that, just that, that level below you know, the, 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 top, the top few. And then with with Parker, so I think he's, he might be the better one, but still, they're on that level. Give these young fighters opportunity to beat them, to make them better, so they can challenge. Yeah. So you get the the, the young stars challenging the, the the established champions rather than, you know, 
people on their way down, fighting people on their way down to keep their ranking higher and keeping all these young, all these young talent, potential superstars. You keep pushing them down, not allowing them the opportunity to prove themselves. That's how it feels. I don't know if that's what really is happening, but that's how it feels. And that don't help the sport. You've got to give these young kids a chance to go. Not chuck them in opportunities when they're not ready. But you can't tell me, I know he's not a young man, but you can't tell me that Joe Joyce is not ready. Hergovich is on his cusp. Jared Anderson, Anderson for me, will be fast-tracked, I think. He needs one test of his no, but of his chin, and he'll be fast-tracked. So there's, you know, there's, there's fighters out there who, who need to be, their progression needs to continue, not, not, not stunted, because all these fighters want to try and fight each other and earn enough money before they sail off into the sunset. And I think about the sports health, not the boxers' health, not health is a bad word to say, about the sports um, survival rather than their careers. That's how you look at it. Because I don't think we should care about how much money each fighter is. Just, let's just presume we all want fighters to win millions of pounds. Because we all want everyone to be successful. But ultimately, we're fans of the sport. I'm not a fan of any fighter more than the sport itself, including my, my own career, by the way. I love boxing more than I love my own career. I love boxing more than I love any fighter. Except for Sugar Leonard, of course, because mm-hmm. I love him. But apart from him, everyone else can go get lost. No, I want to see good fights and competitive fights. And I want to see the sport grow, and the sport grows by producing new stars. And that's all. And that's the truth. I do think Parker is an attractive proposition, though, because he's not a massive puncher, and also he's obviously a former world champion, so he's a name. Also, he's not like he's not scary, is he? No, he's such a nice guy. He's not scary. So I think people it'll always get fights because. He's not. He's not in the Who Needs Him club. He's sort of the opposite. But actually, he's much better than people give him credit for, and he's a much harder fight because he's so fast and he moves a lot. He just got to ask Anthony Joshua. You know, he's one of the only, apart from Usyk, Parker, the only guy he didn't hurt in in their fight in the whole of Joshua's career. Like he's not. But I think he'll get good fights, and I think that's why that like Hergovich and the like will go well. He's not a dangerous man, but actually, sort of fight could win. Yeah. Coming back full circle, then. Assuming that she's already seen you come. <laughs> I was trying to get through the whole show without <laughs> talking about the bridge away, Alan Ravage. How does does Derek presumably doesn't want to be a gatekeeper? Um, I disagree. Beca- I disagree. I think he knows exactly what he is, and that is the elite level gatekeeper proper gatekeeper and i think he's happy to play that role and i think that he would be happy to take the money to fight anyone who like you know in the role of a gatekeeper i don't i i was with you martin i thought and to be honest if you told him it probably chin you but like i thought he would never that's not what he wanted to be but i think he's just looking at the business opportunities like sweet this young guy wants to have a go like not a problem i'm here for it and that's why they're all ill for, for now. There's no way he's going to retire because there's too much money and there's too many potential fights, like Alan Babich. Like, that would be top of the bill, mate. I'm telling you, that would be a top of the bill fight on his own. No problem, no problem. Even in six months or whatever, like, I'm serious. Not the one that I would want to see, but well, to be fair, I would want to see it, but yeah. <laughs> well, you would, wa- you would watch it, but if that's changing the game, then we're playing the wrong game. Well, yes, exactly, yeah. No, no, no. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know about you, Barry, but I'm not struggling for opponents for Chisora if I was his manager to... to no, like. there's everyone. Like, again, all those young kids I mentioned, if they, you know, he's a great... Because he's a great name in any career and yep. any record. 
He's a great. He's a great. No, he's a great name to win. He's he's beat, he's a beatable fighter, who's dangerous, of course, because he's because you. But you beat him, it elevates your status. It gives you a big payday because obviously he's not a star on UK TV for for boxing, and to elevate your status, it's it's a good career win. It's a, it's a great learning fight for you. It's a dangerous fight. Tells tells everyone about what you're about because he'll push you to the limits when he's on when he's on song when he obviously. Which is all we've seen in the past can be un- unmotivated, so that's that's the worry with him, and he can just go through the motions. But if you know if he's if he generally tries to win, then he can push you hard. But also he's he's very very beatable, and that's just a, that's just a fact. Chisora, I work with a guy called Dave Rogers, good good commentator by the way, and he his motto is his, his mantra is if they have the money, I have the time. Regarding taking work, he'll do any. He'll do any work. He works with me, so he'll do any. He'll work with anybody like you guys. But he literally—that's that, Chisora. If you've got yeah. the money, I've got the time. He's, that's his mantra for, for his career. You pay me, I don't care who I fight. And I mean, he—he he box a flyweight and beat him up for the same. If you paid him the money, he wouldn't care about looking like a bully. He's just—he's one of those. Like he don't care. He box Christian Shields tomorrow. He wouldn't care. About the whole uproar about boxing, women and men boxing in the same ring. You go, if you pay me three million, five million, I'll fight uh, anybody, and I think he would. You watch him now; he'd be like, he'd be fighting horses and all that. And he'd be, he'd be changing the game. Game changed. But if you, <laughs> but if you seriously, that like, here's two names that would sell out the O2 in June: Daniel Dubois or Joe Joyce. You ain't even got to leave London. There's two fights there you go that would sell out that everyone would watch and he'd make a load of money from and, and no one would be worried about it. And they're the A side for um pushing forward, but commercially he's the A side. Exactly. So, yeah, who else yeah. like, there's not many people you could stick Joe Joyce in or Dubois actually, because I've been at some empty Dubois fights as well. There's not that many heavyweights out there that they would be able to sort of sell out or sell a reasonable number of tickets. Yeah, yeah. True. You stick Jazora in the pot. Straight away, it's a it's an attraction, and you have to take your hat off to it, and that is why he's he's still here. But again, though, you no, know, we we're, we're all saying, listen, if you walked away tomorrow, because you no, know, how many t- how many how many punches can you keep taking? How many half fights can you keep having? But we're already you now selling fights that he could be in, and yeah. I'm I'm getting rather excited about a guy who I'm not a fan of, but technically not great. But thinking, oh, that's a good fight. That's a good fight. So if we're doing that, what's he doing? Because he's not just thinking that's a good fight. He's thinking that's a good fight. Two million, three million, two point five million, one point five million. And he's had the night he's thinking that's five fights. I don't know, that's like fifteen mil, twelve mil. Without boxing, yeah, I'm gonna fight um, Fury, Wilder, even yeah. Dillian White. In his mind, you know, I'm boxing these young kids who, who are untested. You know, they might spark him out, but they might not. You know, and that's the thing. And if and and one of and. He might nick, and he'll nick a win now and again, Derek. That's the thing with him, and that keeps him that keeps him relevant. Listen, he he could be the last man standing. Ironically, <laughs> he's the only one we talk about should be maybe packing it in because he's had a hard. He takes a lot of shots, but he might outlast them all. You know, I, th- I think he has that sort of. Um, I don't want to call it greed, but that you know, he's savvy financially. That he just think I can earn fortunes here from from what. From training, getting fit, and doing twelve rounds against some kid who I don't care. He's, he's just genuinely a hinge, isn't he? So he doesn't care. That's the thing. So yeah, his future sort of bright, and he has been for a long time. In defeat, his future <laughs> continues to be bright. 
Now I'm left wondering whether we will be living with COVID or living with Derek Chisora for longer. <laughs> I leave you with that question. That is all for this week and that is all for this year. Hopefully, well, thank you for joining us this year. Please do have a good Christmas and a good New Year. Until next time, do take care.